I think most of us right now have no clue what is going on in the world. Like we all have our different perspectives on it. We all have hunches. We all have different fears. Maybe we're stoked about it. I don't know. But like everyone has their own opinions right now. And I think we can all agree that it's just crazy. This is just, we live in unprecedented times. Something like the coronavirus on a worldwide scale has never happened before. And yet it's happening during our lifetime. And we really don't know what the ramifications of that are going to be. So today, Elisha and I are diving into what it looks like to be a Christian when the world collapses, when world the world as we know it just falls away and totally changes. So I'm excited about this podcast. I can't wait for you guys to hear our hearts on this. And I hope that if you do enjoy it and you found it encouraging, you would take a screenshot of this and you would share it in your story. So not only we can see who's listening, but also you can just encourage other people to tune in and have their hearts hopefully encouraged as well. Hey. I'm Elisha Votberg. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in families that were fun, impactful, and relationship rich. Now that we're a family of our own with three young children under the age of three, we're eager to see what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited that you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go. Well, here we are one week later, and I did not anticipate the coronavirus, I guess, continuing to have such a profound and dramatic impact on not only our personal lives, uh, which is what we care about the most, but the lives of everybody in the entire world. It's having such a huge impact on the world, and that's just really been interesting to see. And what's been more interesting and slightly disappointing for me to see is how I've personally responded to the drama that's unfolding in the world. Well, you know, before you just go beat yourself up here, I think one thing that you did really, really well was tonight you asked me out on a date and all the restaurants are were closed. Yep. You know, all you can get is takeout. And so Elisha had a babysitter come here to our house and he had already ordered ahead Thai food. He knows my very favorite food is pretty much coconut curry and rice. Yeah. Or yellow curry and and coconut rice. And he ordered ahead and then we went to Safeway and we got a drink and we went to his office that was all closed down because it was after hours and they're deemed a non-essential business anyways. Yeah. So like no one's going to be working there. And we got to go in and do our little date night. He turned on the music. He turned on the little like, I don't know, the screen TV thing. was doing <laughs> like ocean settings. It was so sweet and romantic. Yeah, that was fun. I'm glad that you're a game for doing that. Yeah, I just felt so special that you still, I don't know, took, took the effort to take me on a date, even though it wasn't straightforward. Well, I'm, really grateful that, I'm grateful that you were willing to go along with it because 
the it it did feel a little bit out of place when I was planning it this afternoon. When I <laughs> was talking to the babysitter and, and trying to find a place to get food, I was like, is this appropriate during this time and during this you know, this place in history to be taking my wife out on a date? It was and- so funny. <laughs> I kind of felt like, you know, you're on the Titanic when it's sinking or something. Because, like, <laughs> I got all dressed up. Elisha wore a suit. And we're, like, walking through Safeway. And everyone's looking at us like, we know you weren't at a wedding or a yeah. funeral yeah, or Yeah, and they're just stocking up on their survival <laughs> I know. Yeah. La- this lady, the first lady we run into coming out of Safeway, has, like, bags overflowing out of her shopping cart and she's like you guys better get stocked up tonight on everything you need yeah. and she's like what time's the cutoff midnight and i was like what is she even talking about yeah anyways it's been a crazy week and i'm i know it's been a crazy week for all of you listeners as well yeah and we do care about everybody's life you know i made that joke at the beginning about our lives are the ones that we care about the most. And that was, I was being sarcastic, but it's, it's just like human nature to be well, consumed with your own plight. I mean, life. like if we were starving and there was one tomato in the center of the table, I'd probably scratch whoever else's eyeballs out and get the tomato. <laughs> Oh, I, I would just give it to you so you wouldn't have to scratch my eyeballs out. Okay? I wouldn't do it to you. Oh, well, you said you're one. Said... We're one. Okay, nice. And then our kids are dependents. I'm just saying, someone I don't know versus me and my family. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't want to see you scratch anybody's eyeballs out. Okay? <laughs> like just, just Let's just, out I'll, give you, I'll buy you a bag of tomatoes tomorrow. Stop. <laughs> um, <sighs> so we know everybody's been experiencing trials and tribulations uh, and, and in, a, in a way that's new. I, I know that because just over the course of history, this is something like this. Over the course of our history, Something like this has never happened. And by, Our history meaning as a country? As a country. I mean, well, world. really, really, you know, when I'm listening to people, in the last hundred years, there hasn't been a time where the government's shut down the economy, you know, in such mm-hmm. a dramatic fashion with no end to the shutdown in, in sight. And where there's been this invisible enemy, uh, as, you know, the coronavirus is and the how powerful it is is still kind of waiting to be seen but yet the actions taken against it seem extremely strong um yeah. and and so we're just trying to ride this out and in, in when in a timeline is is unknown you know it's indefinite and uh and so how we are to handle this is kind of it's a foreign thing for us because we don't we've never had a practice run at something like this and yet as christians I feel like we are giving the ultimate playbook in God's word and in having the peace of God in us, the Holy Spirit, uh, to be able to go through these times with humility and grace and the peace of God that passes all understanding and strength and courage. Uh, And I know that I want to do that, and I want the body of Christ to do that. I want my brothers and sisters in Christ to be able to do that and to exemplify those attributes. But I'll be honest with you folks— that's not who I've been this past week. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, I don't know how you've been this last week. That's a personal thing. I haven't noticed. Yeah. You live with me, so it seems like you would catch, catch glimpses here and there. Well, yeah, here and there. I mean, I think both of us have been bummed out at different times, and we've, we've handled it differently. I've definitely been on edge. And today, I, today was the first day I cried. I think I didn't realize how much pressure I felt 
and then it just kind of like came out of nowhere. Yeah, so to kind of catch you guys up to date on how this has affected Katie and I's life in a personal way, um, a few key points because we don't want to talk about it just from a personal standpoint because we know everybody's experiencing it in their own way. But yeah. the big, first thing that happened that was really big was that this week we realized that we just needed to pull out of the house that we were buying. So we were yeah. in escrow to purchase a home that we were really we were really excited about it. Mm-hmm. It was new construction. We were able to pick out the finishes, the mm-hmm. colors, you know, what we were doing for countertops it and cabinets. It felt like we built the whole thing. Yeah. Like- yeah, it totally felt it, like it that. It was made for us. And uh, it was in a phenomenal neighborhood, um, a huge upgrade from where we're living. The first, we've never bought a house before, you know, so this was like the first time going through the home buying experience and we were going to be homeowners and we were about a week away from closing. It's crazy. Yeah. We were going to close at the end of this week. Well, we had, yeah, we had two days. We pulled out two days before we owed them like another chunk, a chunk of money. Yeah. Anyways, and so, yeah, we backed out of the house, and we ended up actually buying a travel trailer yes. and putting it on a property. So, complete, like, 180-degree spin. We just decided I'd lost some income. Elisha potentially could lose income through this. Yep. And we're like, we just need to really—we don't need to be in a lot of debt right now. Yep. And so, the Lord really— I feel like blessed us in mm-hmm. that regard of just freeing us up financially, but it was it was a lot all at once yes. this week. It was a lot of decision making. I think, I mean, we've talked to you guys about even how we handle stress in Elisha. Um, oh, I don't even know. I'm not going to speak for Elisha, but for me, I want to get things done as soon as possible. So I think that caused some friction in our marriage too, because as soon as I didn't have a house I was moving into. I was like, okay, I found this trailer. We need to go buy it this afternoon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, can't we just look a little more? You know, so there's just like those things. It's the f- little frictions I think you don't really realize. And I don't know. I've been stressed about my family, where they're living. And mm-hmm. I think I, all of us are are stressed to a certain extent. Yes. Right now. Yes. There's a, a, a deep and a thick level of stress and anxiety, I think, that's just in common in culture and society right now. And so how we are able to handle that and to respond to that is going to really be according to, I think, where we're at with our with our walk, with our faith, you know, mm-hmm. with our walk with God and how much we know him and how much we can trust him. And um, and I think that those two kind of go hand in hand. It's like the more you know God, mm-hmm. then the more you are able to trust him. And uh, and I, what an opportunity to be able to know God through his word. And so we kind of wanted to start things off this week in somewhat of a confession. Well, first off, you know, Katie said last week that she wanted to make a point to read the Bible every day. She made that, uh, you know, kind of commitment to you listeners. And I will say my wife followed through with that. She, and even the days that she didn't do it during the day, she would read it at nighttime in bed out loud. And it was such a blessing. Like, that was seriously a huge blessing. Oh, you're, did you not do it every well, day? Well, I oh. didn't do it two days, actually, this week. Oh. Yeah, two days in a row. Oh, Katie. Which I didn't remember till I got into bed, and then you were already half asleep. Oh. And I could have read it myself, but Should've. I just oh. didn't. <laughs> I oh, just yeah. chickened out. Kind of scared to stay awake by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but that said, it has been a huge blessing reading the Bible this week. Mm-hmm. Oh. I just feel like the Lord's oh. word is so alive. Yes. It's just our rock. And, yes. And he's our fortress and we're able to see him and know him and hear from him through his word. It's actually an in- incredible opportunity as materialistic things, as we see, I guess, the shakiness of those things, and yep. the fallibility. Fa- fallibility? 
That's the word I want to use. Yeah. I don't know if it's then, a word. Then use it. If you want to use it, then say now's the time <laughs> to do it. Fallibility. Yeah. Uh, just the fragility, maybe. <laughs> That's a good one, too. <laughs> Sorry, you guys. Okay. Just, yeah. The way, as soon as stuff looks uncertain, and as yes. soon as you're like, oh, maybe I don't want to be in debt for that item that I thought I needed, mm-hmm. or, and all of a sudden, basic things like getting your groceries are mattering the most to you or like having your kids safe Mm -hmm. and have them not like starve to death. (laughs) I don't know. Like as soon as those things become more prevalent, it really is a cool opportunity to realize that the Lord is the one who's providing for us. And all these other things here on earth really don't fulfill like the Lord does. Yes. I think that that's been very similar, Katie, to kind of my uh, thought process and journey, if you will, through this week. When I, I for originally I was extremely convicted because I, I quickly saw where my, my treasures were. When things became extremely uncertain economically and extremely uncertain with the stability of the world and our government and the overall health, you know, of our world, uh, I became extremely uh kind of saddened and scared and worried. And that's clearly because I was putting my hope and confidence in those things. I mean, how convicting is is it to just see that so clearly in your own life where these things get sh- shook up and you're, th- and you're trying to hold on to them. And you think, no, I, I was counting on that. I was counting on a good economy. You know, I was counting on buying this house and hopefully having the housing market continue to, to go in the direction that it was going so that I'd have all this equity in our home so that We're I could... Having our income go up. Yeah, our or... income was going to grow because I'm in the real estate industry and then we were going to buy another house three years <laughs> from this house and, and keep this one as a rental. And my, my plan was coming together, you know, so what's, nicely. What's funny is that we've talked about this. Our plan was coming together, but we were kind of bummed out about it. We were officially, you guys, like as of the last six months, pretty caught up in the materialistic rat race. And we didn't even notice it till we got rid of the house. We really simplified our life. We've, uh, drastically reduced our cost of living. Mm -hmm. And Lesh and I have been happier and Mm -hmm. just felt like a burden totally lifted that we didn't even know was there. Yep. Until it was gone, and we're like, wow, we are really putting our trust in all these materialistic things. Yep. Yeah, it's just the and trap of this world. Yeah. yeah. It really it's is. Unfortunate. Yeah, and that was, and we were forced to kind of face that reality because of this shakeup in mm-hmm. the world with the coronavirus and, and, and all the fallout from it and, and, and the potential fallout, I guess, from it. And that's really what's silly is that we're mostly fearful about the potential fallout from it. You know, yeah. like you, you keep hearing stories and reading stories and, uh, you know, thank the Lord. Yes, exactly. Economists. Economists. Yeah. Th- you know, like, thankfully, we're so grateful that nobody close to us has been impacted by the uh, by the sickness itself, you know, by the coronavirus. Uh, but then we're reading all of these, you know, reports about how it's going to be so detrimental to our economy. And there's no way our economy is going to be able to recover from this. Mm-hmm. And we're thinking, we're hearing, you know, one world government is the only way to solve this problem. And I'm thinking, what? This is so crazy. This is so end times stuff happening right now. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, we talked about this in our last podcast, so it's still really fresh, but it's easy to do. It's easy to start thinking about the what ifs. Yes. And you can really what if yourself into 
a lot of stress that doesn't need to be there. That's right. And so when we found ourselves coming through this, I guess, uh, series of thinking and realizing, okay, well, what, what is it? What, where is our hope at? It's in Christ. And the ironic part about, for me anyways, was that I started realizing how the things of this world f- fading away, it, that's a guarantee. Like there's a few things in our life and this world that are guaranteed, and that's one of them, that this world's going to fade away. It's going to burn, you know, it's going to perish. And I just started finding these Bible verses that speak to that. And there's a plethora of these Bible verses. I'm just going to read a few of them. Uh, but I'll start with First Peter chapter 1, verses 24 and 25. And I've, I've always loved this passage. First uh, Peter here is actually kind of referencing uh, this passage from Psalms. But it's saying, saying it in the context of, of, um, of the chapter of First Peter chapter 1. So it's First Peter chapter 1, verses 24 and 25. It says, For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. I just love that promise. It's saying, hey, all the flesh... All the flesh out there, every human being, everybody out there, all these bodies that we're living in and that we're conducting ourselves in throughout life, they're going to perish. They're going to wither away. And all the glory that you experience, you know, all the the successes that you achieve and all the money that you save and all the accolades that you receive in this lifetime, yep, they're going to fade away just like the flower of the grass. They're going to be gone. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Well, Elisha, I wish you'd shared this verse with me this morning because I would have had a way different perspective on the day. Oh, but seriously, it. it's it's exciting. It is. It's literally exciting when you said the world is going to burn no matter what. Yeah. For whatever reason, I forget about that, mm. and I just want the economy to last like through my life. Right. Or I want good health for my kids. Mm-hmm. But it's like. It's going to burn. That's right. If if it's not now, if the world doesn't, you know, fall apart right now, and maybe this is just like a stressful couple months and then things get back on their feet and life goes on as normal, then it's going to be in someone's someone's life. Well, I've thought about that. Yeah. It's going to be in every single one of our lives when we're called before God at the judgment seat. And he goes, what did you do with your life? And you're like, well, I saved 20 grand in cash. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I buried all my gold (laughs) in the backyard. And sat on it. And I just felt good about myself. Like, it really does all burn for each one of us individually. Yeah. And this is just, I don't know, it's just kind of exciting. Because instead of fighting it, I feel like we can really live into it. Yes. And be like... This is so cool that it's so obvious right, right. now. Right, it's so obvious for us. Because sometimes I forget. Yes. Oh, we forget all the time. That's that's just what this world does. It, it's just like this like mind. Numbs you. It, yeah, it just warps our mind. And, you know, I wasn't going to read this verse, but I think it's, uh, again, in Second Peter. And I use this verse all the time, but it Second Peter or Peter tells us that we're a peculiar people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation set forth to proclaim the glory of him that has called us out of uh, darkness and into his marvelous life. But I love the first thing he calls us there is a peculiar people. And when I look at what's transpiring in the world, I want to be peculiar and I want to have this peculiar hope and steadfastness in my walk with the Lord and my faith. And I wish I could say that my life didn't change. I wish I could say that my day in and day out routine 
regardless of what's happening economically or globally, I want to have the perspective that, hey, I get up and I work as unto the Lord, and he is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. He is my master. He is my God. And that's why I'm placed here on earth is to serve him and to walk with him. And that when we have that perspective, that's when we can have that joy and that peace because our our joy and our peace is not tied up in if the world goes how will you expect it to go or not? Yes. I don't know. I need to listen to this podcast, you guys. I need to listen to it tomorrow because I know my perspective is going to get twisted again. And I just want to be reminded of these verses. Ultimately, we need to read God's word, but I yes. love the verses that you're pulling out right yeah, now. Yeah, so I'll continue on. Uh, so First John chapter 2, verse 17 says so clearly, And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever just so clear you know i love the world itself like the physical world is going to pass away but then the lust thereof like all of these lusts and desires that are associated to with this world and kind of like only with this world Mm -hmm. that are are really the these these desires that are not going to carry on into anything eternally you know of eternal value all those things are going to perish and fall away but he that doeth the will of god abideth forever how incur- I mean, that's just a, an ex- exhortation to me. I know. I think of all the lists that I write down of things that I want to do. And it's like, what is the will of God? Like, if the will of God lasts forever, mm. what are those things? Yes. Practically. Right. I mean, from a standpoint of, I think... <laughs> It's funny, like, you know, we're moving out into the country more. And so we're going to have a little garden and stuff like that. And as you were talking about this, I was like, oh, yeah, like that'll be the will of God. Like, it seems so wholesome. Oh, of course, to plant a garden. (laughs) Yeah. But it's like, no, just because that's wholesome by the world's standards does not mean God cares about that at all. That's going to burn away, too. It is. The the garden's going to go. It is. So it's like, what are those intangibles, I guess, the way we love other people, the way we serve? Yeah. The way we care for our kids and train them up in the nurture and admonition right. of the Lord. Right. Well, I love that he tells us, you know, in that first passage that I read from First Peter says, the word of the Lord endures forever. Mm-hmm. And and this says that he that doeth the will of the Lord endureth forever. But that first one was saying that the word of the Lord endures forever. So we're able to preach the word of God to our children, to ourselves, to those that we're around. Yeah. And we know that that endures forever. And I do want to say, folks, like Katie... Doing things that perish, th- there's ne- necessary things to do in well, this life. Well, the Lord says to work heartily yes, as unto right. the Lord. I think it doesn't matter so much what we're doing is the heart with yeah, like which we're putting we're our doing hope. it. Yeah. And I think if we're doing things as heartily as unto the Lord and not, you know, as unto man, yep. then then that's just a difference right there. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It is. Another Bible verse, Matthew 24, verse 35 says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Boom. Another one. Boom. <laughs> Second Peter chapter 3, verse 10 says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Oh, man, is that not just sobering? It, like it, yeah. we are not going to anticipate. Like we said, do I think that this, this right now, the coronavirus and the maybe the fallout from it is going to be 
the end of the world and uh, an opportunity for the Lord or the, the opportunity that the Lord planned for him to come back uh, here? Probably not. Uh, who knows? I mean, I probably don't think, I don't think it is, but, you know, I, but I think the, that's like the point the is, is that the Israeli temple needs to be rebuilt or something. Yeah, I don't know. But the point, I love that the <laughs> point know. of the, this verse is saying, we just aren't going to know when it's happening. It's going to come as a thief in the night. Well, it's inevitable, and it's something that as Christians we should be looking forward to mm-hmm. and rejoicing in. Mm, yes. That's when we're getting called home. Yep. And so living that way now is, I don't know, it's just like a brain twister for me because I know this stuff. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I've read my Bible. I know these verses, but actually understanding them and taking them to heart and living them out is so different than mm. just knowing like, oh, yeah, the Lord's coming back one day and like. I know the world's not my home, mm-hmm. but, you know, I really would like that expensive house for right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I do know what you're talking about. And, and Katie, I love that we have this opportunity. Like I said, regardless of whether or not this is uh, the beginning of the end, uh, whether or not, you know, we're going into a Great Depression or uh, who knows whether or not we wake up a week from now and we're talking next week on this podcast and it seems like the economy's back to normal and, uh, you know, the, the curve is, it's whatever, done its thing, you know, that's supposed to do. And, uh, and we're the kind of The curve has done its thing that it's supposed to do. Yeah. Go curvy, curvy, go, yeah. go curvy. I don't know about that song. Uh, <laughs> you've had better, I think. Um, but <laughs> we, like, like I said, we, this thing, we could just uh, go, you know, and I guess that's my greatest fear is that every, the economy recovers this virus, you know, we're able to get out ahead of it and to find a proper treatment for it and that, you know, society is able to carry on. My biggest fear is that I would just fall back into the mindset that I that I already was in. I don't want to go back to the same mindset that I was in, regardless of whether or not the economy recovers and society gets back on its feet. I want to be living a peculiar life for for the Lord, not just for the sake of being a weirdo, and being different from the world and trying to find a way to act self-righteous. But I genuinely want my fear and my love for God mm-hmm. to lead me in a way that is different from this world. Well, the Lord knows we're forgetful people. So many times in the Old Testament, he was like, put these rocks here as a monument. So when your kids ask, what is this? You can tell them about what great work the Lord did. Yep. And I think even when you read the Old Testament and you see the Israelites over this span of like 40 years or longer, and you're like... Oh, my word, like the Lord just, you know, made the walls fall down around Jericho or he just did this. He made the Red Sea part like how on earth are they grumbling and complaining and fearing and turning back to their old ways? And it's just so easy to forget. Yeah, I do it within like four minutes of reading God's promises and knowing of his goodness. That's why we have to meditate on his word day and night. Because if we aren't doing it that often, it is so easy for me to just forget all. Forget. Yeah, and it's where we're able to walk in joy. Because, you know, the finished work of Jesus Christ is not contingent upon us going to his word daily. You know, and walking it. He finished the work. It's perfected. He did that work. And, you know, our righteousness is hid on Christ with Christ on high. Uh, He's our the propitiation. He's our righteousness. Well, you are throwing out a lot of big words right now. What are you saying? I don't know what I just said. What? uh, (laughs) What's a propitiation? It's like it's like he took our place. Oh, okay, okay. 
Yeah, I, th- I think it's... Yeah, a, so, like, he took our place on the cross, yeah. so we don't have to... Like, we aren't required to go to the to Bible go, yeah, and exactly, read it. Yeah, exactly, to okay. read it, to earn our righteousness. But we are given this opportunity to walk in a way that God has called us to walk. He's given us a new life in Christ. He's given us victory over sin mm-hmm. and a new name, and we're able to walk accordingly, according, you know, with his empowerment and and according to his word. And I love that we get to do that and to be set apart, to be sanctified uh, from this world, set apart from this world and sanctified to God. And so this, I just want so badly to, you know, people use that, that quote from, I think it was like an old communist that said, never let a crisis go to waste. Never let a good crisis go to waste, you know, and they use that as the government will use as an opportunity to yield more control. Um, but I look at that in the context of this crisis of saying, man, I don't, I don't want to let this crisis go to waste mm-hmm. in my mindset for eternal things and my mindset for walking with God and having my hope set on high, you know, and setting my mind on things above, not on things of this earth. And I certainly, yeah, don't want that for my family. And like you said, Katie, you know, we're promised that this world's going to fade away. Will that be in our lifetime? I don't know. It may or it may not be. But I do know that if it's in my children's lifetime or my grandchildren's lifetime or my great-grandchildren's lifetime, that I was setting an example as their leader, you know, as the as the patriarch of my family and whatever will come from our line. I want them to know that I was living in a way that was for eternity. I was living for, for God's kingdom and for his glory and set that example so that by the time the Lord does return or by the time this earth is burned up, my line is, whether that's me or whether it's six generations from now or 60 generations from now, you know, I was leading an example that was living in a, living a life for God. That's so powerful. That, like, makes me emotional. And I just picture, like, your heart and you your desire to transfer that heart to our sons and hopefully our sons and daughters transfer that. You know, you use the word patriarchal, and I feel like someone just fell over somewhere because patriarchal has a sketchy word these days. <laughs> but I do love um, just that father's heart and, and knowing we want to prepare our children for this. Mm-hmm. We want them to be prepared. Okay, do you want, could I read the Revelation thing? Or, read it. Okay, so this is like, I asked Elisha the second night I read aloud when we went to bed, and I was like, do you want me to read in Revelation? You know, when stuff gets wacky, you kind of want to read in Revelation because it gets really weird there. So it makes your life seem pretty normal, actually. Okay. And I flipped open to chapter 18 and I'm going to read you verse nine through, I don't know, till, till I, I want to stop. Yeah. Well, don't tell them how far it goes. So they might turn off. Stay on here, guy. Yeah. It's just a couple verses. <laughs> and Katie reads fast. <laughs> I do when I read to myself. Elisha and I will try to read books together in bed. And I like, he, yeah. I basically read both pages, then I fall asleep, then I wake up, and he's still on the same page. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, chapter 9. And the kings of the earth who have committed, no, chapter 18, verse 9. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament her when they shall see her smoking when they see the smoke of her burning standing afar off for the fear of her torment saying alas alas the great city babylon that mighty city for in one hour is thy judgment come and the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her for no man buyeth their merchandise any more 
the merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and of pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and all fine wood and all manner vessels of ivory and all manner vessels of most precious wood and of brass and iron and marble and cinnamon and odors and ointments and frankincense and wine and oil and fine flour and wheat and beasts and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and souls of men. And the fruits that thy soul lusted after are departed from thee, and all things which were dainty and goodly are departed from thee, and thou shalt find them no more at all. And the merchants of these things which were made rich by her shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing. Okay, and it just, it basically goes on. But basically, these merchants are just so sad because no one's buying anything anymore. No one wants what they have, and it's just all going up in smoke. It's all going up in smoke. I mean, it's actually like really, really encouraging as an entrepreneur to read this chapter. <laughs> like, yeah. no one's going to buy anything we have to sell, and we don't want to be bemoaning this. Like, right. we don't want our riches to be stored up in these physical purchases. Mm. It, we need to have a bigger yes. vision than that. I don't know. Yes, this a this whole right. chapter paints a pretty awesome picture. And well, I love how it cites so many different things that are not being bought and sold. You know, that all the different products they have to offer. No joke. It just kept going right down to the souls of men. Yeah. Well, that's pretty intense. But I just look at that like, and I just can insert the different things that are important to me in this earth. You yeah. know, starting like with, with maybe our house. So yeah. like the house, you know, nobody's buying and selling the house. It's going up in flames. And then uh, maybe our car or my bike or our supplements, our supplements. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Buying, music Academy, yeah, music lessons, music lessons, concerts, music, sponsorships. Yeah. And, and, and then the things that are important to me that I just enjoy from a consumer standpoint, like my sports teams and, you know, my, my barbecue potato chips and like these <laughs> things that are so near and dear to my heart. It's like they're going and I don't want to be that person that's just like clinging on to them, trying to have them stay when I'm able to go and see the glory of God. I want to be embracing that when the time comes, not clinging to what's destined to destruction for destruction. Yeah. And I mean, if the barbecue potato chips aren't destroyed in the end of the world, they're, they're going to destroy your body. So maybe just give them up now. Anyways, you know, I'm just going to share a couple more verses, folks. I hope I, we want to be encouraging. This sounds so like if you it could easily sound like a doomsday podcast episode. Okay, we are so not doomsday people. Yeah, because we love life on this. Well, I love life. I Elisha love this. And I, yeah, I'm not the like, oh Lord, come back and take me out of this dunghill that you've planted me in. You know what right, I mean? Like, right. you know those, like, I'm just a worm of the dust and, like, I need to get taken up to heaven because, like, this world's not my home. I'm just passing through. Yeah, well, it's like that's that hymn. That's actually good. Well, that's, that's a good line. Uh, well, there's that hymn that's not good that's so popular. No, the hymn's good, but there's that line which in one? All Fly Away. You know, it's a great hymn. Oh, but yeah. that line, this is just a few more weary days, days and, and then, then I'll, fly, I'll away. fly away and it's like okay that person might have been in a really hard place when they were writing the song so you yeah, know props to them that. but i don't sing that line i'm like dude yeah, if don't. god gives me days here on earth they're gonna be joyful days so just a few more joyful days here on this earth then i'll fly away I, they're not gonna be weary days if no. i'm with the lord well, and if we, I'm yeah walking we don't want him. them to be weary and obviously there's people in extreme circumstances and we don't want to be little people who've gone right. through really awful things that just want to be united with God. Like, oh, that, that's I want to live my life 
always excited to be united with God. Yeah, and I don't know. Like when I picture like martyrdom or things like that, it's like, yeah, I would probably just be ready to go too. Yeah. Like, okay, Lord, come save me out of this mess. But in the life Elisha and I are living right now, we really feel like the Lord is in us. We have access to his Holy Spirit. We have access to the fruits of the Spirit. And we do want to live joyfully and yes. and full of him and a life full of the Lord is a, is a life yes. that's well lived and worth living. So anyways, all all that to say, we aren't just like mourning and slogging through life and just like hallelujah one day it's all going to burn and we're out of yeah, here. Yeah, no. We're pumped about life here on earth. We we yes. enjoy it, but I always want to be more pumped about life in eternity well, with with God. And have that perspective of if this world is in our home, how can we joyfully serve the Lord here and yep. not just serve our, like, the lust of the world? Right. You know, the yes. pride of life, the lust of the right. eyes. And, and the, store up, and we, like, just the classic, we don't want to store up treasures here on earth where wrath, where, no, where, where moth, moth <laughs> where moth and rust destroy them. But we're going to store up treasures in heaven. Yes. Like, that's just what we want. We truly want to do that. And that's when the life of the believer is the most exciting and fulfilling. Like, Elisha and I are happiest in these moments, and it carries us through the times that are stressful. And we're like, you know what? The Lord has this for a reason. We're about his kingdom work, whether or not the rest of the world is. And whether or not, I just feel like there should be such a difference between Christians when the economy's crashing or there's a potential crash mm-hmm. and the world mm-hmm. because that's all the world has. Yeah. All the world has is the world. Yeah, that's and right. And so when that crashes, life is over. Yes. And for us, when all those things crash, it just strips away the distractions of where our eyes should be focused. Yes. And I think ultimately that's what Elisha and I want to communicate and we want to remind ourselves of and meditate on. Mm is that as Christians, there should be a massive difference in how we are viewing this world. Yes. I, I, I thank you for saying that, Katie. That's my heart for sure. And so I'll, I'll say this last Bible verse. It's Proverbs chapter 30, verses 8 and 9. It says, Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me, lest I be full and deny thee and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. Uh, I just think that's, that verse is really good for me right now. Yeah. It's like, I do not want to grow fat and gluttonous and say, who is God? What is Lord, what do I need God for? I got everything I need here on earth, you know. Mm-hmm. But of course, it's, it's a reasonable prayer to say, Lord, don't let me go hungry so that I'm tempted to steal, you know, and defame your name. Um, so yeah, that's my, that's my heart's desire right now. And folks, we want this podcast to be an encouragement to you. If it is, we would love it if you left a rating or a review. Or like Katie said at the beginning of the episode, if you want to share it on one of your social media platforms so that we can see that you're listening. If you tag us, we can see that you're listening. And then, um, also you're able to share it with your people. So we we would like that as well. Yes. Thank you guys so much. 